0: hi and welcome back to another episode of tales from the cartridge i am one of your co-hosts eric penrod and i am
1: your other co-host ryan bauer
0: ryan how the heck are you doing
1: uh i am doing great i'm coming off of four days off because of the holiday so work has been closed which feels great i've played so many things and i've done so many things that's i mean i've basically done nothing but it's been really wonderful um mm, that's the I, best kind of thing is to do. There's nothing. Yeah. yeah 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 so i've been uh playing a lot of valhalla which i've been really enjoying a lot of um hermes please stop leaning on that you're making sweet um i've been playing i've been playing a lot of valhalla which i've been loving um me and my partner have been like trading off she goes and um you know, loots everything. And then I go and do the story stuff and it's like a nice combination of, uh, um, you're a nice Viking couple. Yeah. Nice Viking couple. Um, uh, raiding and killing all of England. Uh, <laughs> and then we've also been playing, um, I've been playing some animal crossing here and there, just kind of getting, doing some more prep, um, getting some more DIYs and, and stuff like that. Nothing too exciting. Um, I haven't been playing a ton of Hades, but every once in a while, um, we'll pop in there. And then I've been playing a lot of, uh, board game i've been playing a game called gloomhaven jaws the lion which is like a very fun uh board game that's very similar to like the indie but it's really fun um, oh how cool. are you what have you been playing i'm
0: good yeah i am just like you i'm enjoying my four days off of work which is fantastic um it's been kind of crazy we, my girlfriend and i celebrated thanksgiving late but it was great we had a good time uh, in terms of games, my girlfriend and I are getting back into Animal Crossing officially, we've been taking like a month off. And so now we're kind of like cleaning up everything and, and kind of getting new ideas again, which is fun. Like, it's it's hard to go back in that game sometimes. It's like, it's like such a monumental like, oh my god, what am I gonna do? My village is not as good as I thought it was. But, you know, as you get slowly back into it, I think it just kind of becomes more relaxing. I think it was becoming more stressful a month ago. And we we're like, okay, we should take a break from this game. <laughs> it should not be stressful at all. Um, so, yeah, back in Animal Crossing. And I've just been, like, hooked again. I keep bringing up, again, remember, this is the new Hades for me. No more heroes. I I beat the first one again. Uh, I, I got the true ending. And now I'm on the second one. And the, I don't know what it is about this game, man. I just, I feel like I if it was any other game, I would not enjoy this style of game as much but for some reason it keeps like pulling me back in i don't i really don't understand it and i'm hyped for no more heroes 3 i don't <laughs> i don't i don't know it's just, it's it, it, it blows my mind because it's it's there's so many things about it that i would i just normally don't jive with there's like really uh misplaced sexual humor jokes that just don't land at all and uh sometimes it's really cringy and i don't know but then there are other parts that are just really cool and like very uh self-aware and um it's just super interesting i don't really quite understand it. i'm really hoping that no more heroes 3 fixes a lot of things that the other two uh did not do very well like i really hope and i doubt this will be the case i'm sure there will be some that i really hope there's no like weird sexual humor jokes that are kind of like you know misogynist and creepy um but <laughs> uh, you'd never get what you really want. So I am going to have really uh, normalized expectations for that game. So we'll see. Anyway, I went on a huge tangent about Normal Heroes again. But yeah, as always, storygoers, you can write into us at tales at gmail.com, all the E's are threes, and also find us on Instagram and Twitter. DM us or comment on our posts. Let us know what you think about the episodes we plan on covering or have covered, and we would love to read them on future episodes. Today, We are doing our DLC episode two. Yes. Yes, we are. And the topic we're covering, of course, because it's the end of the year, it's December, is the best story games of 2020.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Really exciting. This is a pretty popular thing among uh, games journalism and game podcasts and games media where you kind of reflect back on the year and you pick the best game (laughs) of the year. Um, bah, bah, bah. And and uh, we're, we're our focus, and and sometimes the best game of the year has the best story, and sometimes the best game of the year doesn't. Um, our focus here at Tales is going to be kind of focusing on that story piece, which stories have been kind of have got their hooks in us, or been the most inspiring and engaging to us this year.
0: Yeah, I think that it's it's less of a competition for us, and it's more just a celebration of yeah. really good story games. So, twenty twenty games of the year, uh, story wise or story edition <laughs> um we did we found a few games that were kind of in our honorable mentions that we want to just shout out and give credit for um but i'm i'm actually very excited to talk about our uh our games together yeah for game of the year because they're, they're very different games but mm-hmm. i think that i'm i'm there's one on your list especially that i want to know more about because i i've never given it a chance because mm-hmm. i never had the opportunity to yeah. uh, but now that i do that i really want to jump into it so hearing you talk about it i'm very excited about that yeah yeah without further ado ryan would you like to take us off on your first game on your honorable mentions
1: yeah so my first honorable mentions this is a game that at least for me kind of came out of nowhere um and it it is probably one of my um if, if we weren't talking about stories this would probably be one of in the top five games of my year overall and that's carry on it's uh, uh it's a game where you play it's kind of like a, a metroidvania castlevania type game um, where you play the monster and what What makes this game, at least from a story perspective, so interesting and engaging is I am not, and we talked about this a lot in the spooky Halloween episodes, like horror games are not my jam. But in this game, instead of like you're in this world, you are the horror. You are haunting this kind of secret lab and you're over the course of the game, you learn about where you came from and what's going on and why you're there and you get more powerful and you get more powers. And it's just this really fun Exciting game where you just basically terrorize and instill horror into the individuals in this. And it is a 2D side scroller. Think of like a Castlevania, Metroidvania type game. And the moment that jumps out for me, or the moments that jump out for me that really like, wow, this is really incredible, is you first, the movement is amazing. But you so face, you're in, you've just made your way into this chamber. There's three scientists sitting down in a computer. Um, you have these like tentacles that you control and you can like use your tentacles to like open the grate and then the grate falls to the ground and the scientists look over and like, and then (sighs) with my other tentacle, I pushed open the door and grabbed one of the scientists and ripped him in the door. And then everyone starts freaking out and screaming. Um, and you're just like this giddy, you're having the most wonderful time just terrorizing (laughs) these kind of, you know, uh, 2d, Um, pixelated guys but it's just so refreshing and different and exciting and i love i played this on switch um it's it's on game pass it's on switch it's on most things these days but it's a really incredible it's fairly short probably like eight hours but it's it's a really incredible game um the feeling of it is great the story is kind of interesting and mysterious and just like those those moment to moment story beats are so exciting and engaging and so different than anything i've ever played i really loved this game I've seen bits and pieces of it, and it's interesting that um, you found such a good
0: story out of this. I wasn't expecting that. From the looks of it, it's very just like, like you said, kind of Metrovania, mm-hmm. a side, 2D side-scroller. And I, I just kind of pictured it as kind of this, like, um, just, you're this monster killing everybody. And you're just, it's like literally like level completion in my mind. So the fact that this has, this has a story to it is super interesting to me. I never saw that coming.
1: Yeah, there is a story there, and I will say it's not. It's, it's a story that it kind of... You experience it through kind of flashbacks and through these kind of um, environmental pieces, but they eventually tell you the story of effectively what happened, why you're here, and what's going on. And it's not too deep or too complex, but it's still interesting enough to kind of jump out at me as being different and interesting and really exciting.
0: That's cool. That's awesome. That's so cool. I love when games can surprise us that they have deeper stories and they. And then you might have anticipated by the look at them, you're like, okay, this game looks fun, but I don't think I really get a whole lot out of this. Especially like, um, and maybe not so much nowadays, but when indie games were becoming more prominent, I think it was really easy to be like, oh, it's just an indie game. Like, you know, 20 bucks, what what do you get with 20 bucks? But now we're seeing these incredible experiences with these low-cost indie games, which is like...
1: Super cool. And, yeah. and I don't know, is Carry is On an indie game? Um, yeah, so it is It is made by a small game studio, and it is published by Devolver Digital. So it's made by Phobia Game Studios. So they're this tiny studio, um, and then it was published by Devolver, who makes a lot of really interesting indie games.
0: Yeah, Devolver does publish really good games, most of the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sometimes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that was my, my first honorable mention is Carry On. Go try it. Go check it out. It's a really wonderful game just to play but also to be experience and spend time in that world is is really fun and exciting um eric what's your first honorable mention uh ryan i'm afraid (laughs) i'm afraid to mention my honorable mentions okay so the first one
0: i'm going to mention um and i'm considering this 2020 because it didn't make the cut for the game awards last year um but man it deserves such good praise for it because i really i really enjoyed the story It it was jedi fallen order um and, like, I hate saying that. It's my honorable mention because, like, if you had asked me at the beginning of the year what one of the best games was so far, I would have said Jedi Fallen Order. Because I, I, I for Star Wars, I've been struggling a lot because, like, I didn't like the new trilogy at all, really. And the prequels were, like, eh. I really enjoyed them as a kid because the action was awesome, but I didn't care about the story at all. So the original trilogy is really, like, what I like, cling on to as, like, my favorite thing about Star Wars, which is now transcended to The Mandalorian, which I think is the best thing Star Wars has ever put out like for me personally um but Jedi File Order brought this whole new aspect to Star Wars that I really enjoyed because you're like basically playing this young Padawan who is forced to go into hiding because of what happened at the end of episode three and what I love about it so much is that like it wasn't a story about how to be a really good Jedi it wasn't a story about like trying not to be a bad Sith it was just a story about this dude trying to survive and reconnect with himself which I, I I just found absolutely fascinating I I a lot of time, I mean, we've mentioned this before, and we got called out by our awesome writer, a two-time writer, Crystal Force, that you know we kind of I I, I did I kind of um, put down the Jedi and the Sith because I think both are really problematic. As the, the therapist to me is just like screaming like you both are you both are really bad, you know like one um, pushes down their emotions, the Jedi, and then one really embraces their emotions too and goes too far with it, which is the Sith. So both are just problematic. But for Jedi Fallen Order, for the main character Cal, he is just trying to to survive and he's being extremely human which is something that i don't think we really see in jedi a lot because it goes to either too far in either direction but yeah and the characters are awesome in the game this i mean obviously the, the the gameplay was fantastic but for story i just i really enjoyed it because it felt like you were actually doing something impactful for this character and you kind of see his growth throughout the journey it's it's very different compared to like other jedi that we know so much like anakin and like luke skywalker I mean, you, you do see their journey and you do see their progression, but it was just—I feel like it didn't stand out as much or was as impactful as Cal's journey. And I don't know why. Maybe not Luke Skywalker so much. I think he may be the exception. More like Anakin and Rey. I, I, you know, you see their progression, but I'm—I I'm just like, did anything really happen with them? Did they really ever learn anything? With Cal, he's just literally trying to survive and he has to grow and he has to embrace himself and. Not kind of put himself down anymore. Did you play Jedi Fallen Over?
1: No, I haven't. So Jedi Fallen Over is one of in the long list of games from this and the end of last year <laughs> that I haven't played yet. Um, that I just that just have been on my list, but I haven't gotten to them. Um, I just haven't yeah. uh, haven't put that time in. I've been too caught up in, in Animal Crossing in <laughs> um, and and now Valhalla. So I, I would I would love. I'm going to go back to them. I'm excited to go back to them. With some of these games, I kind of want to go back to them a next gen because like that's kind of how i want to experience yeah. them yeah. um but yeah that's that's one of them because I, as you know i'm a huge star wars fan um and right right so this is a game that i've really wanted to play for a long time but i just haven't got to yet i think you'll like it a lot honestly yeah uh, did you were you a fan of the new trilogy um some of them like, like the very first one i enjoyed it was kind of fun and mm-hmm. light-hearted and then I, I didn't I haven't even seen the third one, to be honest, like I just I've, I, I, I which is if you would have told like 12 year old Ryan that there'd be a new Star Wars movie that came out in when you were this years old and you wouldn't want to go see it or wouldn't care about it. That little kid would have probably started to try and beat me up uh, because like Star Wars was such a huge part of my life as a kid and part of even part of my identity as a kid. Um, yeah but yeah. yeah so it just and yeah so i haven't even seen the most recent one because i heard something of things about it and i was like that's silly ridiculous i'm not interested um, yeah, yeah yeah it does feel that way too yeah,
0: yeah. and like and then you make a, g- a great point like that I mean, you haven't seen the third one but if you have heard like the things about it it's just like totally ridiculous and it's like what is happening here like how did this <laughs> go from this to this yeah but like that's what i love about jedi fallen orders it was really i feel like it was really the story is really thought through mm-hmm. and and it, everything that happens makes sense and i think that's what i like most about star wars is this is, it's less and less about this like mystical force that compels people to be to go against how they actually feel or to embrace themselves a little too much it's the human side of it that i really enjoy and and i think that's why i get a lot from the mandalorian is that's it's very human you know because you're dealing with this this dude who doesn't know anything about the force which is cool um but with Cal, he knows the Force, but he's also been forced <laughs> to be normal because he can't stand out. Um, and that's what I like about it. He's a normal dude, but he also understands what it means to be a Jedi. And I think that's a really cool combination that we don't see a whole lot in Star Wars, which I would love to see more of. P- bring the gray into this whole thing. Disney, you cowards, I mean, I they got- to have...
1: they got so close they got so close i i know i know it makes me so angry it
0: makes me so angry as i think i don't know i don't want to go on a tangent and and ruin this for somebody i don't know yeah we don't
1: want to yuck anybody's yums but um (laughs) yeah
0: yeah i i think a huge missed opportunity was had but um that's just me that's just me if for those who did like the new trilogy awesome i'm happy for you yeah i I not i'm not gonna tell you that it was bad overall i just i personally did not enjoy it um i like the first one a lot like you said i know a lot i enjoyed the first one because it was fun and interesting but yeah it took a nosedive for me personally (laughs) but if you if a storygoers if you liked it then i totally support that good for you i'm happy that you enjoyed it that's awesome Mm -hmm. um but yeah so jedi Fallen order as much as i hate to say it's on my uh, honorable mentions it is yeah but yeah ryan what is your number two on your honorable mentions yeah
1: so this also might be controversial and also i want to preface this by saying i have not yet completed this game um so i do not know the full (laughs) length of it but there's some things i really want to highlight and point out and this being probably one of the only big story different games i've played this year is ac valhalla um i'm 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 again i'm not i haven't beaten it yet i've just played a bunch of it and and as as you have eric i think we both have is assassin's creed has been a big part of both of our like video game lives um at least Mm. i believe i've played every single one um to for with varying degrees of enjoyment and not enjoyment um and (laughs) (laughs) and like this there are things in this if we're looking just at the story there's some things in this that really stand out to me um and one of the things is i really enjoyed origins odyssey i enjoyed some pieces and didn't enjoy other pieces and this feels like the main character feels like a character who has thoughts and feelings and experiences. Maybe not as deep as some of the other Assassin's Creed games, but it's it's enough that it feels different. And again, I want to preface by saying I have not beaten this yet, and I'm still in that kind of excited-to-play-this-game space. So this may all change mm-hmm. as I finish the game and reflect on it. Right. But, right. like, the interactions that you have, the one of the things that jumped out at me right away is... In this game you'll never feel like you're like on this journey by yourself. You're surrounded by people who care about you and who you care about and you're working together to not just, you know, murder people for the sake of murdering people, but to like to eke out a living in a place where you just want to survive and doing whatever you have to do to make this a safe place for the people you care about. And giving them a home and giving them a space and going all over England to meet these interesting people and help them, not just because you know you're an assassin and they're helping the assassin order or anything like that i think similar to um similar to star wars that that dichotomy gets really really messy um mm-hmm. but you're doing this because you want to you know you want to have a home and you want to have a place where people you care about can live and survive and that's been really exciting and engaging for me in a way that the other at least odyssey wasn't um where i just felt like i was doing things because i was told to or because i was following what i i had to do and this feel like i'm actually interested to help meet these people and form these relationships and bond with the characters in the world and again i haven't mm-hmm. gotten to any of like the really deep dense assassin stuff yet and we'll see what that looks like because they haven't had a great track record um story wise <laughs> from that point but yeah i really like the characters i really love the world how it feels um the themes are really interesting it's a lot about family and fate and um you know what does it mean to be you know what does it mean to be somebody who um has been told that you're going to betray the person you care most about and how do you manage that how do you deal with that oh and it and, and and then kind of this really interesting of seeing those threads um throughout the game that are really interesting and and dealing with you know you as a people who are just hated because of who you are in this land of and trying to bring people together it's just really interesting and the themes are really exciting and engaging and again i will say i haven't completed it yet so this might all become a big mess um, but so far i'm really enjoying it and i'm really enjoying where it's at and where it's going yeah i wanted to make sure i, I mentioned that because i won't get another chance probably anytime soon
0: really want to like, like you just mentioned I want to play it next gen and yep. uh, as everyone knows probably right now who listens to this podcast I'm sure you're in the know that it's impossible to find a PlayStation <laughs> 4 or a PlayStation 5 yeah. and uh, Xbox Series X so it's really hard and I've been thinking about upgrading my PC and just going for that but I don't know it's I'm also really equally torn. I, hard I, right now I think to get yeah yeah, yeah you're right yeah it's, it, there's a lot of um, a lot of uh, difficulties with manufacturing which makes a lot of sense coronavirus is really hurting everything yeah. so But yeah, I I have always really liked Assassin's Creed. I think I had a really difficult time after three, Mm -hmm. Um, and I won't spoil it in case people haven't played that yet. Some people haven't played that yet, Um, but I think we all know what I'm talking about at the end of the game, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, what happened with that. So, um, but I and I I'm kicking myself. I still have not played Origins yet, which is a travesty because everyone tells me that's like the best one. Yeah, I think it's of of the
1: new trilogy. That being like of Valhalla, between Origins Odyssey origin story is i think much better the character of bayek is so interesting and fully formed and his journey is is really human which is, is really good
0: yeah and that's cool because i i think i sounds like origins has a really good story and it sounds like odyssey has the best gameplay is what i'm kind of getting from between the two of them yeah yeah, yeah. and so that's why it's like for odyssey i played odyssey i didn't beat it but i really liked the dynamic of the bounty hunters chasing after you i thought that was really cool i always loved that but the story didn't grip me very very much i i thought cassandra was a really cool character she's the one i picked but yeah i didn't get anything else out of that game really i, I though I, I did like it i just didn't i didn't get anything out of the story that i wanted so i'm very excited for ac valhalla because i feel like I mean, one, I get to be a really cool Viking, which I mean, <laughs> come on, that's awesome. And uh, two, it from what you're saying, Ryan, it sounds very deep mm-hmm. in terms of uh, giving you a, a dynamic story uh, involving not just yourself. Like, yeah. you know, it, for AC1, in your Altair. You don't really have anyone to – you had, like, companions. You had, like, two people <laughs> that we ever, like, really talked to. So you mm-hmm. really kind of felt on your own. So now it sounds like you've come a long way in terms of, like – building character dynamic relationships in the story and having people you care about and having to betray people you care about which is, yeah. I, that's a really hard choice to make sometimes in games because I don't know, if Fallout 3 has ever taught me anything, it's its be careful what
1: choice you make <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean as far as like, if you were to compare it to other Assassin's Creed, it, it feels very, like the the, the characters and the interacting character interactions feel most like Black Flag, I would say um, in, mm-hmm. in in how you have, like, this community of individuals and these, like, larger-than-life characters and there's also some more human characters, but I think there's more of them. And then as far as, like, the community you form, it's 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 like a more fully fleshed-out AC3 settlement um, where you have a bunch of people who you know and you worked with, but there are things, like, not to spoil anything, but there's something that just happened recently that had nothing to do with the story, but a character in my settlement passed away. And Damn. everyone I talked to in my settlement was like... Was like retelling me stories and memories that they had of this person, and you could go to their grave and you could sit down and like say um, some words to them and regale some stories that you had of them. And when I got in my longship and was sailing down the river, one of them, start, one of my crewmen, who you pick your crewmen and they'll have their they have their own stories, their own songs they sing, their own characters. They started telling me a story related to that character who just died. It, it's just wow. this, like this really incredible. It makes it feel like an alive world where when something happens. There's this kind of push and pull that's that's really spot on, and I, I think that's really great. That's we're celebrating.
0: That's amazing. That yeah. is so cool. Yeah. Holy crap. That's amazing. I love that. Is that that's so cool. That's what I love about some, the story games is that it really does connect you to people that you may or may not have known, but it, it it creates this emotional connection between the two characters. Yeah. And that's what's amazing about video games now. It's like it was so easy back in like the eighties and the nineties where. It was obviously a video game, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's you can connect with these characters, but like, it wasn't. I think as impactful as it is today, because like, it's just so the games are so dynamic and just so real, and the stories are so fleshed out. It's, I don't know, that's amazing. That's like, I want to go download it right now. I just, that's <laughs> yeah. that's insane. That is insane to me. Mm-hmm. That's so cool.
1: uh But Eric, what's your your second honorable mention? <sighs> man, this is,
0: hard. man. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, we, we have made, so we've been doing this podcast for three months now. We've made really cool friends through this whole thing. Yeah. Um, we have a really cool, uh, friend podcast group called, uh, first encounter podcast. If yeah. you've never heard of them. Yeah. The two really cool guys, Chris and Haney, who, uh, actually Chris LaForce, our two time <laughs> writer is one of the hosts of, this, of the podcast. He's really cool. I mean, Haney's awesome Two very, very cool. Uh, two very cool guys. And, um, uh, they do a podcast where, you know, I think it's Chris who has uh, played the game, Final Fantasy 7, and Hanny who has not. And they, they play through it again together, a person who has experienced the whole game and the person who's not experienced the whole game, and just kind of talk about each section of the game, which is really it's really cool. If you love Final Fantasy 7, please go check it out. They I believe they're on all podcast services. It's such an awesome uh, podcast. I highly recommend it. But they're probably going to hate me. Because... <laughs> um, my second honorable mention this is like insane I, I i don't know why i'm saying this it's it's final fantasy 7 remake and here's why here's why i love final fantasy 7 i beat the original game i love i mean i had advent children on dvd <laughs> like and i, I played dirge of serpers which is a garbage game in my opinion um <laughs> it just wasn't good i wish you really remember i remember liking it a lot back when I first played it, and then I watched a playthrough semi-recently, and I was, like, I was just like, wow, this game is like way worse than I ever remember it being. Like, it's it's crazy how like just not good that game was, but that's just my take. So yeah, Final Fantasy VII Remake, I, I really loved it. I really loved it. I, and, and admittedly, I have not finished it. I think something came up and I could not beat it, and then a new game came out that I really wanted to play, and that's my always my downfall with video games, is that if I'm playing a game and another game comes out that I really want to play, and I and I just fumble and crumble to the pressure, and I download the other game, the first game I'm playing is never going to be beaten, which, unfortunately, is Final Fantasy VII Remake. I don't know how that happened. Plus, I moved, I think, also, which did not help at anything. So, I think the reason why I put in my honorable mentions is because it's an amazing story, and I already know how it ends. So, it was... I don't know. That's my excuse to why I haven't beaten it yet, even though... As far as I've gotten, they flesh out the story so much, and it makes so much more sense, and it and it builds more character relationships, and it's just like, I remember before it came out, everyone was like, "How is this game gonna work?" Because like it only covers the first part of the, of the original game, but like it's just amazing, and the, it's beautiful, and these characters are so interesting and cool. Um, if it wasn't for the other three games on my, uh, on my like, list list, uh, Final Fantasy 7 remake would be. The top three one of the top three but i just i don't know i don't know what it was about i think it's because i just had so much experience with it before that the other three games are such a f- breath
1: of fresh air that i just enjoyed the stories more it's also like was a year of a lot of really big heavy hitters um yeah. of games so these things happen yeah uh so
0: first encounter podcast he's keep being our friends. <laughs> don't abandon us. I, I love Final Fantasy 7. I really do. So it kills me saying that's an honorable mention. But I mean, I think that's not a bad thing, necessarily, even though yeah. I make it sound like it is. Um, it's a great game with a great story. It really is. I I need to go back and beat it, which I, I mean, between that lull of January and February when there's nothing coming out, I'm sure I will go back and, and beat it. Add it to the so, list. Um, <laughs> add it to the list. Yeah, I actually have a list on my phone so I don't forget the games I need to beat. Like, half, the games I've like half beaten and the games I want to beat. Mm-hmm. So... Um, but yeah, Final Fantasy VII Remake, great game for as far as much as i played, which is a considerable amount. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunately my honorable, honorable mentions. Don't hate me, <laughs> storygoers, please. <laughs> please.
1: No, I'm a gentle, all, gentle man. <laughs> we've all got our own thoughts, feelings, and opinions. It's okay, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: actually, I would love to hear other people's perspectives as why they feel like yeah. one of my three games was should be an honorable, honorable mention and Final Fantasy VII Remake should be a... Yeah, a, you know. know one of the top three so yeah i would love to have that perspective it'd, it'd be very cool so so yeah these are our honorable mentions now we're going to jump into our top three games and then and they're in no specific order right i don't think no, right right no, yeah no these are just order. yeah we're celebrating these games they don't have to be in a competition all the time um these are just both of us coming forward with our top three games game stories of the year mm-hmm. and our thoughts and feelings and perspectives about them yeah so without further ado, Ryan, you want to jump in with your first game?
1: Yeah, so my first game is also on, on your list. So I don't know how we want to tackle that. We have one shared game. Uh, do you want, I'll jump we, in after you. Should we do that one? Okay, okay so I'll go off, and then we'll, you can jump in after me, and we'll, we'll riff on that. Okay, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, cool. So my first game is, is to, no surprise to no one, is Hades by Supergiant Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, first <laughs> released in 2018, but I've only played, and this is something that we differ on, I've only played the 1.0 version that came out in September, and I played it on Switch the reason i love this game there are so many reasons but the reason story-wise i love this game is that the story of you as this kind of kid who nobody thinks anything of is, is is just determined to prove everyone wrong and he has this like really difficult family dynamic with his father where he doesn't respect his father. His father doesn't respect him. He doesn't want to be there anymore. He wants to escape. Uh, in some ways, really, chimes with me uh, on, a personal, <laughs> on a personal level. Um, but then there's also these, like, really interesting family dynamics um, where he's close with some family members, and he has people who are, like, surrogate fathers, um, and he, he just is trying to overcome expectations and escape. Escape his, his fate, escape the place that he's always been. And then by the end, we're in a totally different place that feels just as worthwhile and great and, and where he belongs as the beginning. And there's a really good arc there. There's a really good story change, story progression. Um, the character in the beginning is very different than the character at the end. And the characters that you've encountered are very different. And you learn more about them and you engage with them and your relationship changes with them over time. And mm-hmm. just this incredible web of relationships that, I mean, drive the game the story is effectively you want to escape to get your mom right that is kind of the the, the story um but then that that evolves to be so much more and all the characters evolve right. to be so much more and it gets much more interesting and deep and it's just really incredible um so yeah i love hades and i think this is uh probably um one of the best games story games just in the way it's stories being told is so different um yeah, than, that have, yeah that have ever came out but yeah what are your what are your thoughts on hades eric
0: I mean, playing off what you just said, how it's how the game was designed and the story was told is is why I think this game stands out. The story is great because you take you're taking a rogue like this is a very w- different type of game to build a story into, but man, it just does it so well. It does it so well. Like information that you learn from one character, you may not learn more more about until like three runs the, like later until you see that person again. But you constantly are like, oh, that's right, like oh my god, they said that before, and now like we're building onto this thing that they talked about, you know, five runs ago, like that's amazing. And so like, and like Ryan said, you start with a simple task in this game, and it just builds and 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 just becomes more and more. Every time you think you've beaten the game, you've gone as far as you can go. There's always more. Like, and that's why I always think to myself when I play this game, like how much more story is there in this game? Like, it's it's incredible. And I mean, not only is the story great, but the characters are just so interesting. And I love what uh, Super Giant Games did with the the cast of the Greek gods and, de- and demigods and like uh, the, the Fury Sisters. It is, it's such an interesting and unique take. All the characters are so vibrant and so real. The artwork is amazing, um, and just how the characters' relationships build onto each other. Like there's like surprising romance, and there's surprising uh, like parental relationship like building in the game and. Um, like I found myself feeling bad so that there's points during your runs where you have to choose between which God power to take between two gods in one chamber. And whatever one you take, the other one will become upset with you and attack you. And they'll like, there'll be a part when they like say something like, how could you betray me like this? How could you pick someone else's boon over mine? And then they'll attack you. And then if you complete the run, you get their power anyway. But like when they say that, I do feel a little guilty. Like this is like, like when I, when I betray, uh, Athena or Artemis I feel really I feel really bad because I really like those two a lot it's just amazing it's just so cool and and uh, Zacharias is way cooler than I'll ever be and I wish I could be as cool as him but it's just not going to happen. My feet aren't on fire. I don't have cool, different eye colors. I'm just normal, and that's okay. okay. That is okay, Eric. It is okay. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> I and Actually, and one more point before we move on. is like, like you said, I played this... I first got this in 2018 when there, it was announced in the Game Awards. I just thought it looked so cool, and I was really looking for... An e- not an easy game. Uh, a really like low-key game to fill an itch. I didn't want a huge story. And to see how far this game has come... To where it is now is is insane. It literally blows my mind. The character models were nothing alike. Oh, my dog's shaking. Uh, the character models were nothing alike. They were all like just the same template of person with diff- different colored, like different colored clothing and such. And the story was not deep yet, but just to see how how far Super Giant Kings went with the story, it was it's amazing. And it really gives you a sense of like how far would you go to to see someone that you loved and to see someone that you missed. How far would you go? And, that's, and it's just really cool. So, yeah, Hades is a fantastic game that I think I'll probably be playing for forever. It feels like I just don't I just don't see an end to it. Yeah. I, I, there's always more to mm-hmm. do, and it just blows my mind. I just don't know how they did it. So, yeah, Hades, game of the century. Yeah, really good,
1: <laughs> really wonderful. Um, yeah. Can't say enough good things about it. I mean, you probably, since September, we've mentioned it in every single podcast, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but now, um, just because we're just constantly playing it and enjoying it.
0: Yeah, I just I can't get enough mm-hmm. of it. It, yeah, so cool. I, I I'm I love the game, and it makes me incredibly sad that I'm pretty sure it's just done. I feel like they're not gonna yeah. add anything else to it. There's no DLC planned or anything like that. They're probably gonna move Super on, like Super Giant yeah. does. Yeah, and it just breaks my heart because I just want as much more. I just want more content from that world. as like just as much as possible. Like please just build a second studio for <laughs> Hades and then just make whatever else you yeah. want. I ugh, yeah, it makes me so mm-hmm. sad, but um it is a game i think that is super replayable like it's probably the most replayable game i've ever played in oh, my yeah, life certainly um will yeah and it's a story i'll always enjoy i think i like you ryan i I vibe with it a lot i connect with that story a lot for many different reasons yeah so uh, story storygoers if you haven't been sick of us mentioning it yet please go play hades if you haven't played <laughs> yeah. hades if you don't like roguelikes this is the game yeah. for you because neither of us like roguelikes either um so and, and it's fantastic i i <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go play Hades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so those are... Hades is on both of our lists. So Ryan, what is the second game on your list? So uh,
1: for the second game, it's it's kind, of, it's kind of a two-parter because I played both of these games this year and they feel like two parts of one story. And that's Ori and the Blind Forest and Ori and the Will-O-Wisp, um, which are both mm. games. One came out in 2015, in March of 2015, and then one came out March of this year. Blind Forest came out in 2015, and Will-O-Wisp came out in 2020. It's by Moon Studios... Um, these games are beautiful i'm sure if you've seen any art of them they're stunning the art it, it looks like a painting um the music is incredible that adds so much the thing that i connect most with in the story is kind of the themes the overarching themes of a friendship um kind of ori's journey and the, the journeys look very different because at the start of the blind mm-hmm. forest you're a very different ori than the ori at the start of will O' wisps but there are some things that are that are very um, kind of a focus. Death is a big theme in these games, like dealing with death, and what is it oh, like wow. to be left behind, and what is that? How do you how do you push forward when when you're dealing with that? That connection to nature, obviously, Ori being this kind of nature spirit, that's a big piece of it. The, the overarching story of the game is you're effectively this forest has been corrupted by evil. You're getting rid of that evil by going from various areas and doing different things and using the powers only this spirit has. But in the end, there's, like, this really interesting twist, and then there's this really interesting twist um, that kind of flips everything on its head, and, le- and you understand the world differently. There are these, like, there there's this overarching story, and there's also, like, when you go into an area, um, the the progression as you're making way through this area also tells a story of, like, maybe it's this ancient civilization that used to live here. Maybe it's this group of people that used to live here. Maybe it's this, you know, giant frozen tundra um, that what what that the cold came and what happens after everything thaws it's really engaging and interesting there are these really strong friendship themes one of the first bosses that you fight and then becomes one of your closest friends um in a really interesting way and and it's just a really incredible set of games these are these are on the indie side but they're ori as a character isn't too deep but the, the other characters you run into are all kind of quirky and interesting and fun and again, it has this strange mix of kind of the silly, fun, and then this like really tense, dark, even watching like the opening cut scene of both of these games, like you get a little teary-eyed because it just, with the music and the visuals and the, the, it just pulls you in and you connect right away with these characters and understanding the tone and what's going on here and feeling the gravity of what's going on in this really incredible way.
0: I've always heard really good things about, both games and i've i'm not a a xbox player too much now until recently where i i downloaded game pass on my pc and i could play games on there which is fantastic that's right like microsoft's killing it yeah yeah and so i'm super interested because like obviously the game is beautiful i think uh, visually the game is stunning and i've heard that the story is very Mm -hmm. deep which is something that i was surprised to hear because when you look at the game it doesn't seem like a super deep game but hearing you talk about all these these themes from the game, it makes you really want to yeah. play it. And this is the game I wanted to play the, from your list the most. And These games, yeah. I mean. The, the idea of, when a game starts like this, it sounds like a, like a Disney game in a sense. like Yeah,
1: like a Pixar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something yeah, yeah, badly yeah. really
0: happens and then you kind of build up into this climactic end and it's like heartwarming and beautiful and that's what it kind of sounds like from you describing it. So it, yeah. it makes you really want to try it out really bad. So I feel, you know, because there's so, like you said, so many good games this year, it's hard to get to them all, especially being a big boy and, and getting a job like I have, which <laughs> right. sucks. But I mean, like, this is what it is. Um, but I, those are definitely two games I really want to play, really, really bad.
1: Yeah, they're really good. They're both really beautiful. The music elevates it so much. I find myself when I'm like doing work, or even when I'm like prepping for D and D or stuff like that, I'll sometimes play the Ori soundtrack because it's just so sweeping and beautiful, and it, it kind of brings you back in some ways. It's also just really good music um so check out those soundtracks because they're incredible Mm -hmm. but yeah it it, like you said it has that kind of pixar feel where there's this kind of big heart-wrenching opening and then there's like you you connect over a period of time and then the end you're like it's just there's just such this beautiful moment and and one of the really incredible things is is um the story if i'm remembering correctly there's very little dialogue between the characters so it even so much is put on kind of how good the storytelling is and that environmental and, and visual storytelling is. That's, that's really incredible.
0: And you make a really good point about um, talking about music. I, I don't think I appreciated video game music or soundtrack music um, in games as much as I do now, being a podcast that focuses on story and kind of writing these scripts. And the music just adds so much of a dynamic that I never appreciated before. And it really can set a tone for what the story is trying to tell you, or the story is trying to make you feel. The music is like just that added bonus of helping you take you on that journey. Of like, we want you to feel this when this happens. The music's gonna help take you there too. And um, I think it's often looked down on—not looked down on, but just not appreciated enough. At least for me, um, I don't hear about music from games enough. It sounds—I feel like Ori, both Ori games look like they probably have like an amazing soundtrack to go with them because it looks very like foresty and mystical and magical and that's kind of the vibe i get from
1: that so i i'm very excited to kind of check that out and see what happens yeah yeah please do they're they're really incredible they're both on game they're both on game pass um they probably take eight hours each more if you do all the little like itsy bitsy kind of completionist stuff but they're just really incredible beautiful games i would maybe suggest playing with a controller um is the only thing Mm, um but they're really fun you don't you certainly don't have to um the 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 controls work just fine. But yeah, these games are beautiful. Um, the story is great. The much deeper than you'd expect. Um, but Eric, what is your next game on your list?
0: Yeah, so my next game is Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima is a, a really cool game. I love Sucker Punch Studios from their Infamous series. I am devastated there's no new Infamous games out yet, and I really am afraid there won't ever be another Infamous game. So, uh, you know, that'd be cool if we can re-release a game or make a new one, Sucker Punch. Anyway... Um, Ghost of Tsushima was awesome because the story really took you on this journey. At what it means to be someone and have to essentially kill all your values and how you see the world to save the ones you love. And that's what we see with Jin, the main character. And he really is this, who he is in the beginning of the game to who he is at the end of the game are just two different people. And watching that journey unfold is just really beautiful. And it's done through his relationships with those closest to him, the people that he meets along the way, and the people that he knows from his past. I mean I sympathize with Jin a lot and I I understood where he's coming from, but then you also see the other side who who, you know, those who are commending him for what he's doing and those who are ashamed of him for what for his actions in the game. And it's easy to see all the perspectives, which also makes it very easy to see the impact that it has on Jin. And just his resolve to continue forward down a path that he um, probably does not want to go down is is very impactful. And how the game represents family, and you know, a disappointing family, which I feel like happens to probably all of us at some point in our lives, um, where we have to make a choice that our parents or our loved ones are not happy that we made, it just happens. and And how the game tackles that theme I thought it was really beautiful, um, but yeah, it's it's a beautiful game, not only visually, and the the music again is amazing. Um, it really does transport you into this whole new world, this whole new side of Japan that you know I don't think a lot of us have ever experienced, obviously. But it's a story about a person who really has to do things he does not want to do, and what does that mean for those closest to him? It's I think it's a, a lot of things that people don't think about in our own actions in our own every everyday lives. It's very important to think about ourselves and how our actions impact ourselves and our well-being, a lot of times it's really easy to forget how our decisions impact others around us. And sometimes for the good, sometimes for the bad. So, Ryan, have you had any experience with Ghost of Tsushima? Uh,
1: just, just seeing it um, seeing it played a little bit here and there, and then hearing you talk about it and other people talk about it, it sounds like a really <laughs> incredible game. Again, it's another game. Um, I think uh, all of the games on your list are all games I'm really interested in playing. Um, but it sounds like a really... It, it, It sounds like a really cool game and the idea of I know kind of what you're talking about with, you know doing what you're supposed to or doing what you have to do in order to achieve these goals to keep your family safe. I know a little bit about that in this game because of our conversations with you. That are really Mm -hmm. interesting and really engaging and challenging those ideas, um, I think makes a really good dramatic story.
0: Yeah, yeah. It really it really pulls on your heartstrings because like you you wanna do what's best for your loved ones, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be what's best for you or best for those around you. Yeah. You know, so, so what it's like, um, it, sucker punch, sucker punch has always done a really good job with this. And, and actually they got me really good. Um, so spoilers for infamous one. If you had never played infamous one, you want to in the future. There's a point in the game where you have to save your girlfriend or save 10 doctors. And the whole point is like, are you going to be selfish and save the person that you love? Are you going to be, um, selfless And save ten doctors who are save more people in your city. And I I remember picking the wrong choice. I saved my girlfriend, and I was really and like I was like really looked down upon. Everyone's like, how you know? In the game, they do a good job making you feel bad for picking the choice that you make. And so uh, I realized then on like, oh, I really need to think more about these choices because like I I'm very easy. I I guess I'm someone that looks more to myself for you know what I want rather than what the collective whole would want. And so, Ghost of Tsushima again does a really great job of that, where they incorporate like, okay, you can, you know, you can be selfish if you want to, or you can be selfless. What does that mean for those closest to you?
1: There are consequences to both of those. It's just which consequences easier for you as an individual to live with. That yeah, that's really cool, and and I think that feels like a natural progression of that sucker punch idea. But then the mm-hmm. idea of you're you're throwing this with ghosts, you're in a Japanese culture, which is more of a at least traditionally a collectivist culture is really interesting so it makes it for Jin like part of who he is and part of who what is going on around him is it's it's almost like implied that you would do what's best for others whereas that's very different than our experience here in on the in the west
0: yeah yeah i I think in japan i'm not an expert by any means but in japan you have to honor your family and you have to really you have to be honorable and show respect and to you know uh be live a honorable life because if you don't you not only disrespect yourself but you disrespect all your ancestors yeah. so you know i can't imagine yeah. what jin felt having to go down this path so it's really cool i highly recommend it. i don't go too far into it because i, I feel like i'm i'm giving stuff away so um if you haven't played ghost of tsushima i highly recommend it i heard it's amazing on the ps5 like it's just yeah, absolutely sure gorgeous even more so than on the ps4 so um yeah if you haven't played it i highly highly recommend it but Ryan, we have come down to our last games yeah, on our list. Yeah. It's been a journey for sure, but what is your last game on your list?
1: So again, I want to preface this game by saying uh, the three games I've said so far, the two games I've said so far are the st- like proper story games <laughs> this year that I've played. Um, this last one is, is kind of just, there is certainly a story there, but it is a much different kind of story than the stories we're going to talk about um so just preface that my my third game is going to be crusader kings 3 and it feels like a very strange choice because if you know anything about this game there is no overlying story there is no you are a character who has this journey that you have to go on that isn't a part of the mechanics of the game
0: mm-hmm. but
1: the way you play this game is you are a you choose which character you're going to be and now you can even create a character you can be and you have to then not just think about you as a character, but how you and your choices are going to affect the rest of your family for hundreds and hundreds of years, and how that plays out over time creates these really incredible, interesting, and really wacky stories that sometimes are are so strange and weird that they, people could not come up with them, only this weird AI that they've designed. And this has been, this is by Paradox Games, came out in 2020. Some examples of the silly stories that you can come up with that people have come up with and then you know, played out is, um, I, I've maybe even referenced this in the past. Um, there was a player and these are all, um, stories I've pulled from uh, a couple of different polygon articles just to kind of really highlight the story power of this game. And then I can share some personal experiences as well. But so one example is this person was playing a Viking King and their goal was to invade Italy, invade the papacy and eat the Pope that was going to be their goal. So for their hundreds of years, they designed their family, they changed the religion of Astra, which is the Norse religion, to add cannibalism to it and over the course of hundreds of years, they eventually raided Italy, took over Italy and they imprisoned the pope and then they had their player eat them and then they were done. That was they turned the game off. That was their experience. That was the player created oh story that wasn't there's was no objectives. There's no win conditions in Crusader Kings. It is all player-driven and character-driven. And you can be driven like this, or you can just kind of go and do your own thing. Another example is this one person cultivated this huge family of upwards of 25 individuals. A bunch of them were warriors and fighters and commanders. There was this massive battle between their army and another army, and a bunch of those family members died. In this game, you have a stress level, and if your stress level gets too high, there's a bunch of negative conditions that you you can—you cope with that stress in some way— You have some agency in how you cope with that stress, but you have to cope with that stress in some way. So some ways you cope is you become a binge drinker. You become a smoker. You become a partier. You can do other things. There's also healthy ways you can cope. You can get physically fit. You can journal. You can reach out to those around you who you love. You don't always get to choose what those options are. You're given options. So after these 10 people died in this battle, everyone from the stress of losing so many family members started to die. And that caused a chain reaction until the entire dynasty was killed from the stress of all these family members dying. Because in this game, when somebody dies, that stress level is at a tier stress level. So when a bunch of people (laughs) die in a row, it causes this kind of stress chain reaction that caused this incredible dynasty that was on, you know, getting ready to take over a large duchy and expand their land to completely crumble and collapse under itself within months after that battle this really wild and interesting story that like is totally in game. Another one is there is this, the the player is playing this woman and she, her husbands keep dying. She went through four husbands in eight years. And over the course of game she could not figure out what was going on. And eventually her spy master found out that her twin sister, has been murdering all of her husbands over the course of those what? eight years. Yeah, because other characters can plot to kill your family members and plot to kill you and plot to do all these other things because these AI have their own goals and ideas and things they want to do. So over the course of this, this player's oh story, God. their husbands kept being killed by, their players twins, by the character's twin sister. And these are the kind of stories that just happen in this game, that happen all throughout this game constantly whether no matter what part of the world you're playing in no matter what you know rank and high um whether you're an the emperor of the holy roman empire or you're the duke of a small duchy or you're a count of a small um country or county these is these insane these things affect you and i think the best one of the ways there's there's a couple ways to play this game The intended way to play this game, said by the developers, is don't think of this as your goal is to take over the world. Think of this as this is like a Sims game, where your goal is to create this family, and over the course, it will become more wealthy, become better... And you do whatever you have to do to get to continue to keep your Lydia and John. And that tension, that tension that comes from just the game existing and all of those AI pieces in the background cause all kinds of crazy wild things where you can, you know, fo- found a witch coven and get magical powers. But then if somebody finds out about it, they can start start witch trials and slowly start killing your family members <laughs> who have declared themselves as witches. These things that just happen in the game that are stories that at, no developer could could create or design the randomness of it and the 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 craziness of it leads to so many interesting stories that just every single time you play it feels different and every single time you play it you're encountering different things that just makes this game i i love this game so much it makes it so incredible it it isn't a traditional story game it isn't a game where you have you know this one specific character who you're watching their journey um, emotional journey over time in the same way you certainly have that the depth isn't as much because these characters have—they have traits, they have feelings, they have emotions, they have those things built into them. But it's not the same as like we're going to talk about in your last game. But there still <laughs> is there still is character there, and this game I think creates such interesting stories and such incredible wild stories that are all player driven. It's it's almost like a toolbox to tell stories that I really love and appreciate. Um, so I just want to make sure I highlight that because it's so cool. That's
0: amazing, I, and that's what's so cool about. This game, it sounds like, is that one person's experience, one person's story, is gonna be so different than another person's story, and being able to talk about those stories together and laugh about that and connect on that level is so cool. Cause like, it's one thing when you you both have the same story, when people have the same story and they can reflect on those stories and and take something away from that and they can connect in that you know in that sense, but to have two people play the same game and get two completely different stories is probably. Like just insane, insanely fun. Like it's probably like it's just such a, a fun, a fun thing. To be like oh my god, that happens to you. Like hold, uh, that didn't happen to me at all. This is what happened to me. And it's probably just like such a fun way to just talk to somebody about a game and experience a whole new side of something that you yourself did not see. That that sounds amazing. That is so cool. I love that the, the sound of this game. Sounds amazing.
1: Yeah, it, it's a really wonderful time, and I will say again, this is not a traditional story game. I added this on my story games of the series Hades and Ori, the Ori games, but I just threw this on there because I wanted to talk about and highlight this experience as something that is special and different and unique.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would argue it's a, a story-driven game. I, I, I would really
1: <laughs> yeah I, I in mean, some ways.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, it sounds like you're cre- you're, you're creating your own story, whereas the story is being told to you. You're creating your own story. And I think that's really, it's really cool. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think we're in terms of, we're in a place in in gaming culture, uh, or in the gaming industry, where you know a traditional story game is not what it is anymore. You know, stories come in so many different shapes and sizes and uh, told in so many different ways now. That I mean, I feel like most games have a story to tell in some way, shape, or form uh, compared to what it used to be yeah. like 20 years ago.
1: Yeah. But yeah, that's that is my um, last game i want to highlight eric please tell me about your last game this the game this is the game that i think i of any game that has come out this year want to play the most and just i want to have like a week to sit down and Mm -hmm. experience all of it and deal with all the emotions of it um eric tell me about your last game
0: yeah um so i've had a lot of different feelings about this last game but really thinking about it for this episode i came to terms with it in a sense so the the last game on my list is the last of us two I'm sure The Last of Us 2 is on many people's Game of the Year lists. Why I picked it for our story episode for the top 2020 games is that what I love about The Last of Us 2 is that it is the reverse side of a coin for Last of Us 1. And so Neil Druckmann, the, one of the directors of the game for both games, uh, said that before Last of Us 2 came out, he said that The Last of Us 1 was a story about love and then The Last of Us 2 was a story about revenge. He later took back that claim that statement and said that The Last of Us 2 is also about love. And when he said that, it really connected with me because love is such an impactful emotion. It's such an impactful feeling that someone can have that could lead them down to many different many different routes in their life, both positive and negative. And we see the positive side of that in The Last of Us 1, right? We see I mean, we covered the game. So, we see Joel and Ellie go on this adventure together and the love that they kind of cultivate together as like a parental um relationship really shows through and how much these two people care about each other and what love can do to help you pull through really stressful and difficult situations. And without giving too much away for the last of us too, we also see the power of love and the absolute destruction and chaos it can cause when someone's, when someone's love is hurt in an impactful way. Um, Just Neil Druckmann's quote about love really shines through for me in this game. In playing through this game, it was re- it was it was actually really hard for me. I I consider myself kind of an empathetic person. So it's really easy to connect with characters and to empathize with them. And what we see in this game are many different perspectives about one event. And it's hard to at least it was for me, it was really hard to fully support one character because I can totally see what the other characters are thinking and other characters are feeling. The Last of Us Two was a game where I had a a hard time like digesting it not because it was bad by any means but just so heavy there's so much emotion and there's so much coming in through the story to the player it was it was uh, it was really stressful at times it was it was really hard to kind of uh, continue through the stories it felt like I was going through my own story of revenge um, and going through my own story of uh, what what does loss mean for me and how far would I go to carry on this sense of of love and revenge uh, on this journey, um, but by the end of it, what what really got me with The Last of Us Two is by the end of it, it I thought it was going to end in a certain way, and it doesn't end that way at all. And it ends in this way that I was very surprised with, that made me enjoy the experience overall. If that makes sense, I try my hardest to be a person that enjoys the journey, not the ending. But I think endings can really impact how you see the journey afterwards, and that's what this game does for me. So. I don't want to go too far into it. It's a beautiful game. And it is. Uh, it has a lot of highs and a lot of lows. Um, not in bad ways. But it's just... Yeah, I, I highly recommend if you've not played The Last of Us 2 and you want to see a different kind of story in video games, I highly recommend it. And I I would be very surprised if this didn't win Story of the Year uh, at the Game Awards this year. I, I mean, there's a lot of good choices, don't get me wrong. But I just think this one weighs the most in terms of like how far can a story go to impact you as a as a person um it's it's amazing it's absolutely amazing to me
1: yeah it's i with talking with you a little bit and the things that i've seen it it feels like such a transformative experience in so many ways and it it kind of is again moving that benchmark to what this media can do to impact us as as humans and how it can help But like Really get to and connect with us in a way that I think books and movies have. It's assumed that they can do that, um, and now I think games. It, it sounds like especially this game is is kind of really pushing the benchmark on that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and I mean what it does and what it does really well too is it shows so many different sides of what a relationship is. Mm-hmm. And it's funny cuz like we just covered uncharted 1, right? And in uncharted 1, spoilers, listen to it if you haven't or play it first and then listen to it, and then listen to this part. <laughs> in that order, um we see this one side of the the protagonist, right? And they're they're killing a lot of dudes. And these dudes aren't like these people are not nice people. They're pirates or they're mercenaries or whatever, right? But this is a game that like <laughs> it makes it very easy for you to be, feel like a hero. Like you don't really have like an impact on the world because you're the hero, you're the good guy in the story. What The Last of Us 2 does is that there is no good guys or, or bad guys, they're just people. And so we see the impact of uh, like actions having been taken by each player. And then we see the impact it has on the players that do the impacting and the players that have the impacting done onto them. And so it's, it's just so easy to sympathize with both sides, at least from my perspective. And I, I found myself feeling like this hero. And then I also felt like I was a monster for feeling that way. And it, it really, it just, it makes me just go back and forth, back and forth on how I felt about myself down this journey. And, and it's just, it was, it's really hard to go through. And like, just, I mean, just for example, like the, we don't talk about gameplay often, but like just in the story alone, you have to kill dogs and I and I would go through, I I, <laughs> I love animals. Um I I just I absolutely refused to kill any of the dogs in the game. And I no matter how many times I had to replay the, the, the level, I would I would do it without killing any of the dogs. For whatever reason, you know, and like but I would kill people no problem. So what does <laughs> that say about me? You know? And then uh I will say that there came a point where I did have to kill a dog and it made me just feel absolutely awful. And it, it, the game just forces you to feel the way it wants you to feel in that moment, and uh, it really does a good job at making you reflect on who you are as a person and the values that you have. Like, I think it says something about myself where I just refuse to kill uh, innocent animals that are forced to do things, and then I kill the people that force them to do the bad things. You know, I and I have no problem doing that in the game. <laughs> so, like, what does that <laughs> say about me? What is my, my my value system is uh, probably very different than other people who would probably have no problem killing these dogs that are trying to kill. You as the character, um, and maybe we don't want to kill the people because they sympathize more with people than they do animals. And I don't, I don't want to say there's any right or wrong answers because I don't think there are. I think that's what this game shows is that as a, as a people, there's no good people and there's no bad people. We're just all people. We're all yeah. gray. Um, there's no black and white. So, yeah, I, I can go on all day about this. I'm, I'm super excited in the future to cover this game, um, for Tales. I think it's gonna be a really up-and-down story for us to cover and just kind of everywhere. And I'm actually going to – I, I want to play the game again, but at the same time, I don't. I <laughs> i just feel so many ways about it. I just don't know what to do with it. <laughs> it's just – it's crazy. I, I, I'm i really excited for you to play it, Ryan. I, I want to talk to you about it so bad. So when you do play it, let me know because, like, I, I – yeah, it's just – I don't know. I don't know. I, it blows my mind how far games have come. You know, I, I just did a, <laughs> we just did a bedtime stories. Our first bedtime stories episode with Mario. And it's just this like really silly, beautiful story. Or, you know, it's just a silly fun story about, you know, Mario trying to save the princess and, and we're, you know, writing the story we're trying to invoke these feelings of wanting to save somebody and, and do these things. And that's great. But like, just to see how far our stories have come to now or the last of us Two is just like this roller coaster of emotions, and it makes me really excited and also really kind of scared for the future and what it holds for game stories. Because, like, if this is how far we can go right now, I can't imagine what stories are going to look like in the future. Like, twenty, like Cyberpunk 2077 is coming out soon. December yeah. 10th, I think. Yeah. And I, I have a feeling that that, that game going to make a lot of people feel a lot of different ways, too. Because mm-hmm. just how – it sounds, like, just insane with all the choices you can make. So – yeah, that was my tan- my third tangent of this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, DLCs um, are for tangents. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, I and I'm I, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's crazy. It's so cool. Video games are awesome, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they sure are. But that's it. That's our that's our games of 2020. Uh, we, yeah, we've arrived. We've done it.
0: We've done it. Ryan, right. I know I'm putting you on the spot, we didn't talk about this, but is there any game that you are particularly looking forward to, f- to playing before the end of 2020 that came out this year?
1: Um, I mean, I really, if I have time over, I have another holiday break in December, I would really like to check out Last of Us around then if I have the time. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as new games coming out, I don't think so. I don't think there's anything. I mean, obviously Cyberpunk, um, but I, I have no concept of what that experience is going to be. <laughs> or what that's gonna yeah. be like so we'll see about that but yeah that's i think it for me i i want to i want to see what the rest of valhalla's experience is i have a bunch of other games on my list i want to check out um i want to decorate for the holidays and animal crossing very badly <laughs> I'm um, <too. laughs> um, so i'm, I'm adamantly waiting that but yeah what about you what are you excited for this year and then uh, although maybe we'll, we'll we could do our own dlc episode on this but what are you excited for next year
0: yeah oh yeah jeez, yeah um so yeah, obviously Cyberpunk, like you said, I actually am like feeling less not not less excited, but less motivation to play Cyberpunk because it's just it just feels so like it's gonna be so dense. Like I feel yeah. like I'm not gonna put any dent into it, and I'll eventually just move on and not get anything from it. I just not not the person. I'm not the kind of gamer who can play a game for like three months straight, unless it's like Animal Crossing, where it's like you know I play ten minutes a day and I put yeah. it down and go. But that's not what Cyberpunk's gonna be. Um, that's but I am Witcher looking was. forward. Yeah, 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 and I actually really had to push myself to beat Witcher, I, as yeah. much as I loved it. It's a great game. It's, yeah, it's amazing, um, but I really had to, like, push myself to beat it, and um, I have a feeling that's what Cyberpunk is going to be like for me, too, so I'm just going to take my time with it until I, I really feel like I want to play it, so I probably won't play it anytime soon, unfortunately, um, but I think I'll play Miles Morales, Spider-Man Miles yeah. Morales a yeah, lot. Really I cute. hear yeah i hear it's amazing i i was reading a lot of tweets about how people were like on the verge of tears or crying at the end of the game which i was really surprised about wow, yeah um but i'm not did you did you play spider-man
1: right no that is another game oh, that okay. I, I totally missed but i've heard really incredible things about
0: yeah i mean it, and it was surprising to hear people say that about miles morales but then again i cried at the end of spider-man <laughs> so like <laughs> yeah. i can totally see where they're coming from probably because I, I i mean insomnia games who makes the game who made the games um they know their stuff. You know, they're really good storytellers. Um did Spider Man come out this year? They came out last year, right?
1: Yeah, Spider Man was twenty nineteen. Um, I was gonna
0: say, oh my god, if I forgot Spider Man, that would be on my, my list. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I yeah. I love Spider Man. Spider Man was a great game. I'm I I am one of those people who are very upset that Peter Parker's face has changed. I think it looks way too not good. Um, I mean, it's, it looks great, but I mean, I don't want to play a ten-year-old. I want to play the the twenty-something that he was. Uh, I think it'd be way, you know it's way cooler. Um, but I, I digress. The point is, though, is that Miles Morales looks like an amazing game. I love that they're are having this African American uh, slash Mexican hero take you know, uh, gain this power and and take on the bad guys of, the, of New York City. And I think it's just, it's so cool. Um, Miles Morales is just a cool character in general. So I'm very excited to see where, like, where that goes in terms of Spider-Man 2 and what like course of action happens with that. And of course, I want to play Assassin's Creed. I love Assassin's Creed so much. So um, just hearing you talk about Valhalla, it makes me ridiculously excited. <laughs> so that time again to announce that the rest of the month, what is happening on the podcast. So Ryan... Yes. Next Sunday, we'll record a another Bedtime Stories Part 2 of Super Mario 64. Um, yeah, yeah the first that. one was a little bit of an experiment. It was kind of a shorter one. Um, I don't know if it'll get too much longer, but I, I want it to be a better quality, so I'm going to spend more time on it, and I think it'll be good. And hopefully, it's, hopefully it is good. Let us know, please. I would love to know more feedback on the, on the Bedtime Stories and what is good. It's very different than our regular episodes, so anything that can help make the... Viewing more calming and enjoyable would be super helpful, so please send us your perspectives on that if you can.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the more feedback we get, the better episodes we can create. Yeah,
0: exactly. Ryan, you are heading our first big episode of the month on the Mm -hmm. 13th. This is another Sunday. What episode are you covering?
1: Yeah, so on the 13th, look out for Firewatch, a walking simulator from the very recent times that I'm really excited about. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's a very dialogue driven game so i'm excited to have a lot of kind of conversation driving that experience and then eric do you want to tell us about the very exciting thing coming after that
0: yeah so our last episode on the 27th of december uh, two days after christmas which is pretty cool mm-hmm. um, is our assassin's creed episode with a special guest yes so cool i love assassin's creed um mm-hmm. and it's it's definitely a mixed bag of emotions when it comes to Assassin's Creed. So, I'm very I'm very much excited to jump into this because I think it's going to help me understand the overall story better um and hopefully appreciate where it goes cuz man, does Assassin's Creed 3 really just punch me in the stomach <laughs> as hard as it can <laughs> and just leaves me to die cuz yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's for much later in our in our podcast. When we get to there, yeah.
1: Yeah, Sorry. A, lot of, a lot of ill feelings about that. It just came up <laughs> <out> randomly. It's <laughs> okay. Strong feelings are always welcome. All feelings welcome. welcome. Uh, yeah, I, I am also really excited for Assassin's Creed. Um, playing through Valhalla and seeing some of those, I was just playing a part. I was in, like, a bigger city, one of the bigger cities in England. And as I was playing through it, I was like, oh, man, this feels just like being in Accra or just like being in Jerusalem in AC1. Really? Because you, cause you were doing things like... You would, tra- I mean, the things that they haven't done in recent years. You would trail somebody, that they would lead you somewhere, and then you would listen into what they were saying to somebody. You would then sneak into a building, and I assassinated somebody. And it was one of those things where everyone in the city loved this person and thought and, and like thought they were really incredible. And then we find out they're doing these kind of dark evil things, and then like the city is mourning the loss of this character. Um, that we assassinated because we know the bad things they were doing, but nobody else does. So it was this like really cool kind of gray area. And, and again, very similar to the... And we'll get into this when we talk about Assassin's Creed. Um, and maybe I'm rambling too much here and we'll cut all this. <laughs> no, it's but, good. Um, I like this. One of the things I remember most about Assassin's Creed is when you did those assassinations, you had those kind of conversations. And those are back in Valhalla, which I really love. Ah, uh, cool. Um, you have kind of those back and forth conversation, which kind of frames the, the whole moment. And it's this really gray moment where this person was trying to do the right thing, but the Mm -hmm. way they were going about it was gruesome and terrible. And it reminds me so much of I remember I think it's one of the and maybe we'll 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 find out soon one of the first assassinations is you kill like I believe like a doctor or something like that Um, in a similar situation. And uh, I I just like there was these really cool parallels, so I'm excited to go back and um, see some of those roots even more and just to kind of again further see how far we've come in, in that franchise. It's always cool to look yeah.
0: at. Yeah. I, I I mean, people have mixed feelings on Assassin's Creed, the first Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's it's hard because you go back and there's a lot of, like, quality of life changes that have happened throughout the years that make going back to AC1 very difficult. Like, the climbing's very much, a lot slower. Um, the gameplay is somewhat... You know, it, it's very similar, obviously, but just so different. It's much mm-hmm. more... I mean, I would argue it's much more slower-paced. Yeah. Paced. yeah. Um, but there are such amazing things about assassin's creed because it it's so i want to say simplistic but it's not a bad thing to be sim- like simplistic it's it's much more simplistic in the terms of um so you're just this person and you're going after a target and you kill the target you go back and you start your no- your next target and all the while in the background is this mystery as to what's going on in the, in the present and it just flows so well it makes you very like curious as to what's really going on um I don't know, AC... I just have really fond memories of Mm -hmm. Assassin's Creed 1. I really... As much as the gameplay was fun, I really enjoyed the mystery and the story and just the atmosphere of the game. It was really cool. I really enjoyed it a whole lot. Um, And it's really interesting... It's interesting as I think about it because, like, it changes so much as the games go on. And I feel like it loses a lot of that mystery and a lot of that intrigue. And it kind of sacrifices that for more interesting gameplay and interesting, like... um, characterizations and things like that that the story, that the newer games kind of offer, but I'm thrilled to hear that they're kind of taking a step back and, and, and mixing a little bit of what made the original Assassin's Creed good, but the, and they're putting that in Valhalla. I cannot – it makes me, me want to get
1: Valhalla so <laughs> bad. Oh, my God. Yeah, and certainly guess, uh, we can talk about this in the episode, um, but certainly it's not – there are certainly – I wish it went a step further, but just seeing some of those things that I've been missing so much – Give me mm-hmm. kind of a lot of hope, even though Ubisoft I think might still be a little bit on fire. It gives me a little bit of hope <laughs> as for uh, the future of that franchise in a way that I was I w- I've enjoyed all the Assassin's Creed that came out, but it just didn't like you said the hook and the mystery of that first game, both the modern the modern day and the past, which we'll talk about what mm-hmm. that means in the episode, were both yeah. so engaging and so interesting, and you wanted to know more. And now the modern day is much more of a um, a kind of a a second thought but again we'll talk yeah, more about that yeah. um, going in, in that episode
0: and Ryan what you're saying too I just want to make sure I understand too um, is like those dialogues when you, when you assassinate they have those interesting dialogues Yeah. Right, is that what you're talking about? Okay, cool. Yeah, so
1: after you kill a target, and there's a bunch of targets in this, um, after you kill a target in Valhalla, and same in the original AC, like, time is frozen, and you're in kind of, like, this shadow realm, which, like, doesn't make a ton of sense as far as, like, why this Mm. exists, but as, as a player experiencing this back and forth, where the person you just killed is, like, telling you their justification and telling you why they were doing what they were doing... And you're having to take that information in and responding, your character is responding in some way. I think for me, just it really flushes out that character in a way that maybe wasn't before. And those after death conversations are really bring out some really interesting conversations and bring out and, and really highlight that kind of gray area or what these people believe in in a way that just I don't think they've found a way to do it in game yet.
0: Yeah, it, it gives different perspectives to a, to one problem. Right. And... I think it kind of challenges the player to ask, like, what what would be the better solution? Mm-hmm. Granted, you know, are you going to sacrifice many for the... you going to sacrifice many for the solution, or are you going to wait out the solution to save the many? You know, it's if that makes sense. I, mm-hmm. I just think it's so fascinating. And that's what I love about Assassin's Creed, is they try to paint it in this way that's, like, good versus evil. But I would argue that it's really both sides are always I mean both sides are always flawed to us to a when there's a problem and there's two sides there's always a flaw on either side always um but sometimes it's just harder to see from your perspective when you're on one side so and that's what i like about assassin's creed and we kind of talk about, and they kind of do that a little bit in the game but that's going a little too far it's gonna be fun to talk about it i
1: think yeah yeah i can't wait to have yeah. some of these conversations there uh, in the context of because just re- thinking back um uh, i'm just excited <laughs> that's yeah, yeah oh yeah me too i'm super <laughs> excited to go through that and i just yeah
0: i'm excited to start there and i'm really sad to get further in. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> until uh, until Origins starts. I mean, I have never played Origins, but I just keep hearing amazing things about it. So. Yeah, Origin anyway, is, yeah. Is good. But yeah,
1: yeah, 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 we we rambled a bit because Assassin's Creed is just such a big part Assassin's of both Creed. of our gaming uh gaming lives. <laughs> yeah, so it really long.
0: is. It really it, it it took much more um and it was much root, more much more rooted in me than I anticipated it ever would be. Yeah. Like it just the name itself, I was like, Ooh, that's not a good name for a game. <laughs> right. Assassin's Creed. Ugh. But just playing it makes you like yeah, makes you fond of it. So yeah. but um but yeah, so story goes quick recap our our this episode comes out today on the sixth. If you're listening to it, the day it came out. Um, the thirteenth will be our bedtime stories of the trio part two of Mario Sixty Four. The twentieth will be Firewatch, and then the twenty seventh will be Assassin's Creed one. So uh, look forward to all those. We would appreciate it if you write in with your thoughts, feelings, and perspectives at cartridge at gmail.com. All of the E's are 3's you can also find us on instagram and twitter dm us or comment on our post let us know what you think and we would happily read those comments on our show
1: yeah and if you want to send us an email about one of those specific episodes like you're really excited about firewatch but if you want to send an email right now go for it and just put in the, in the message mm-hmm. somewhere you want us to read this during the firewatch episode or read this during the assassin's creed or read this during the bedtime story um so let us know in those emails if there's a certain story you're most excited about and want us to talk about your email during that or if you just want us to shout you out like we've been doing with our good friend Chris, uh, then we yeah. can do that as well.
0: If you send an email to us, um, we'll definitely respond and let you know when the and the episode's coming out, so you can expect to, to listen to it because it's kind of cool, I imagine, to, to hear your your email being read on a podcast. So, um, and a uh, quick shout out. I mean, though we already celebrate this, but we passed five hundred downloads, which is so cool. Yes. Uh, th- 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 three months and uh, five hundred downloads later, and like it's crazy to see how far this has come in such a short amount
1: of time it's only been three months but it feels like it's been a year already (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah especially this particular year but this i mean at least for me has been such a highlight as this kind of escape where i can just talk to my friend about video games Mm -hmm. something that we both love um so it's been really great to be able to just challenge ourselves to take this on because it's been so fun
0: it's been awesome yeah And thank you to everybody that's listened to the podcast seriously it's it's been very humbling and, and just great and I, I'm i very and I think we're both uh, correct me if I'm wrong right now obviously I don't want to speak for you but I think we're both very excited to see where this podcast goes in the yeah. future and how big it can get and um, not, not for like monetary reasons but I just I think that the more uh, I'm realizing now myself going into this whole thing how much of a community there is around podcasting which I never really anticipated um, and how people just are genuinely nice to each other and like we've made some friends along the way so far and it's just really cool and um, I think the more of us that can come together and learn to share our thoughts feelings and perspectives in like positive ways I think that we can really take that that aspect of this and really and branch out to our everyday lives so maybe we can start having better conversations with just people in general instead of trying to argue our our way into thinking that we're right
1: yeah i mean i think anytime we can like listen to each other and hear each other's perspectives is good practice for any part of life our focus here is kind of on video games and how we see the stories of those games but i think these skills it's pretty easy to code switch them into you know everyday life and talking with your family mm-hmm. about all kinds of things and talking with your friends and the people around you about things that they enjoy and really kind of practicing that active listening and hearing one another and their thoughts feeling and perspectives yeah i mean maybe don't try with politics because that's just a hot mess
0: already (laughs) forever and forever it will be but literally anything else i think it could work really well you know i I think at the end of the day it's good to know that people aren't always going to agree with how you think but we can respect it so long as it's like you know not hurting anybody else and you know we can maybe compromise and something beautiful can come out of that compromise so i'm getting we're getting really philosophical at the end of this dlc episode um but yeah, so uh, <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. the We're Reflecting of this on month. a whole
1: year of, of stories. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, we hope that you enjoyed whatever game of the year you enjoyed the most, and um, and that is our look for December. We hope you have a great December, and we hope you had a, you had a good November, a good Thanksgiving, and it was a little pro- probably a very strange Thanksgiving this year, but. Um, Uh, we hope that you are happy, healthy, and well, and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode.
1: Yeah, we'll talk to you all soon. Bye. Bye!